you know, there's a stanza there, the third stanza, asks the question, uh, will your soul be ready? Now, when you hear that, I, I pray you're not thinking about you, you doing something about that. <laughs> not at all. Um, it says in First uh, Peter chapter 1, and I love the word ready in that part of uh, the first epistle of Peter. It says there, and I, I want to show this to you. We could all take a stab at quoting it, I suppose. But it's good to turn to these scriptures and just just read them. First uh, Peter, uh, chapter one. This is written to God's elect, chosen sinners that the Father sent His Son into the world to save. And it says there, beloved, how that we're kept by the power of God through faith. You can. You could replace that word faith with Christ and it wouldn't change the meaning. Through his faithfulness, through Christ, unto salvation, ready. <laughs> it's been accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's already done, beloved. Ready to be revealed in the last time. And uh, this, uh, I didn't do this on purpose, but it seems fitting. I thought we'd just uh, review a little bit of what we heard yesterday. You know, Milton, he preached from Hebrews chapter 9, and he talked about the blood, didn't he? <laughs> uh, he showed us in Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 12, if memory serves, you know, he was comparing the, the, the priesthood of Aaron and how they, uh, they were just doing uh, those things that pictured uh, the Lamb of God that all of those ceremonies when they had the shedding of bulls or calves, that never took away one cent. But it was just pictured, uh, picturing and pointing to the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says here in uh, Hebrews 9, verse 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. And we've been looking at that in Revelation, beloved. It says there um, how that He's worthy of all honor and all, all, all praise and all power. And just before that, in, in Revelation 1.5, it says, it's uh, Him, the Lamb of God, that, that's loved us and washed us of our sins in His own blood. But He entered in, into the, 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 the Holy of Holies, the, the holy place, it says here, having obtained, accomplished, finished. He got the job done, obtained eternal redemption for us. And uh, our brother reminded us that the, in the earthly tabernacle, there was one piece of furniture that wasn't there. Do you remember, Peyton? Remember what piece of furniture was not in the, the, the model tabernacle that was on the earth? Do you remember? I'll remind you. We're all, we're just, we're all thinking about it. Uh, in the earthly tabernacle, which pictured the, the heavenly tabernacle, the one thing Aaron and all those earthly priests could never do is sit down. You ever heard the expression, sitting on the job? So when a boss comes along and says, what are you doing sitting on the job? Get back to work. You're not done. But the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, our brother Milton reminded us what's written in Hebrews chapter 1, how that he's purged our sins. And because of that, he is seated on the majesty on high. <laughs> it's so wonderful how the Lord knows our frame, isn't it? He's not only going to tell us in three words from the cross, it is finished. He's not only going to tell us again, in glory. It is done. He's going to show us. <laughs> he 
He's going to show us that seat, that he's seated on the majesty on high. I believe the, the apostle writes there in the beginning how that the God has spoken to us and in, 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 through the prophets and the fathers and in diverse manners. But in these last days, and the last days, when did they begin? Do you remember? They, they began the very moment he sat on the majesty on high. It's from that moment that he ascended to heaven till now have been the last times. And the Lord tells us there, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. And that's what our, our brother Milton reminded us of. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And then uh, Drew um, and Gary and I were talking about this before the service just a moment ago. But in 1 Samuel, you turn there with me, 1 Samuel, I, th I thought of this as being a very good bookmark to point to uh, Luke chapter 18. But in 1 Samuel uh, 21, he pointed us to this uh, portion where uh, in the latter part of verse 9, you know, David is uh, hearing about the, the sword of, of Goliath. And he said, there is none like that. Give it me. Give it me. And uh, he reminded us how that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. He quoted Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And then he uh, reminded us of what the publican said. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, <laughs> the, the atonement that's in the mercy seat, the, 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 the effectual cleansing of the blood is pictured in the mercy seat, the promised Messiah, the promised Christ, uh, give it me. <laughs> give it me. I need it. I'm a sinner. And then uh, if you look there in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 18, it's, it's good for us to repeat these things. You know, as Paul said, uh, this is not grievous for me to repeat the same things to you or, or write the same things or preach the same things or declare the same things. Uh, and, and this happens in your own homes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you're repeating the same things. There's not grievous for you to repeat them to your children or your grandchildren. You're just repeating the same things. And you're not trying to argue them into the kingdom. You're not trying to uh, win them to the kingdom. You just know that if my boy or my girl or my grandson belongs to him, They will hear his voice. Make no mistake about it. <laughs> and so we wait. We wait. We repeat the same things. We wait. Because there's power in his word. Power is not in my word. Power is not in my clever uh, <laughs> uh, crutches to try and cope with my, my lack of faculty, you know. <laughs> You might think, gee, that's a really good outline, Joseph. Well, that, that's done because I'm such a simple simpleton because <laughs> I need to have it simple. Otherwise, I can't remember it. But if I figure, if I can remember it with my, uh, my, my poverty, maybe the Lord be pleased to hide it in all of our hearts and knit our hearts together in love. But it's so good to know, isn't it, that he'll save all his sheep, all his lambs, no doubt about it. But in Luke... I digress a little bit. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that this is not just Paul saying that this is not grievous for us to repeat these things. It's not just a preacher behind the pulpit 
talking about dads, talking about granddads. I'm talking about moms and grandmoms, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, when we're walking around, we're looking at nature, looking at the tree, looking at the insects. Uh, what a wonderful time to remind uh, every year around us, you know, everything we see was made by the Son of God. <laughs> uh, but look what it says in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse uh, 9. The Lord Jesus Christ spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. You ever experienced a self-righteous religious person trying to size you up? What are they always looking at? Flesh. Never, They're never using righteous judgment. The Lord said, when you judge... Use righteous judgment. Well, the only righteousness I know anything about is the gospel. I'll be listening real careful to what a man's saying. Not so much, you know, if he's got a cigar <laughs> or if he's got a, a beer in his hand. You know, tell me who he is. And if they're not describing Jehovah Jesus to me, that he's a sovereign, successful Savior, I'll do uh, what the Lord tells me to do. Judge righteous judgment. And I'll, in love... Not in some pompous, bombastic way, but in meekness, because I'm in the dust. I'll just say, look and live. You, you, somebody's pointed you to the wrong Christ. <laughs> uh, he didn't shed his blood to try and save everybody. No, he accomplished the salvation of his people. And in Luke 18, it says here, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, God be merciful to me, the sinner. And listen to this important conclusion. This is uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ says at the conclusion of this parable. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Well, how on earth... Can we humble ourselves? If we're dead and trespasses and sins by nature, how do we, how do we um, humble ourselves? Well, this morning we're going to continue in our series of looking at the letters of the alphabet. And uh, we've looked at quite a number of letters already. Uh, and this morning we're just going to look briefly at the letter L. There's a lot of wonderful things to look at with a, the letter L. So how is it that we humble ourselves. How can that happen at all? I mean, uh, without him, we can do nothing. And it happens, beloved. I think it's pictured for us very clearly and plainly in uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Look what it says there. Remember, the, the gospel declares, By grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is 
a gift that God gives that no man, no woman, no child can reject. <laughs> because when God gives you something, he gives it to you. <laughs> but look what it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. He's rebuking, um, verse 3, the, the, the Pharisee that's in all of us. It says, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Notice that it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. It's not the threat or the threatening or the wrath of God that leadeth thee to, to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. And I, I mentioned this before, but let me point you to the verse that I had in mind. It's in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And uh, I'll begin in verse 22, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says there, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And so when the Lord gives us salvation, He gives us both repentance and, and, and faith. And repentance, well, that's what, this is what repentance does. It acknowledges the truth to the acknowledging the truth as it is in Jesus. And in Titus chapter 1, you see there that repentance acknowledges the truth. Well, the same thing that faith does, and we see that in Titus chapter 1, Paul writes there, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. It says they're acknowledging the truth. So, the first heading I have here is that he's my long-suffering Lord. That's what we read in Romans 2, verse 4. That's the, the first title we'll be looking at there, the, the long-suffering of the Lord. He is my long-suffering Lord, how he suffers us, beloved. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in, in mercy. He's also the lover of my soul. Look what it says in uh, Jeremiah chapter 3. I was uh, singing uh, a stanza that I kind of made up, you know. <laughs> He's the lover of my soul. But I think it's the Savior, right? Isn't that the song we sing? But that's really saying the same thing, is it not? He's the lover of my soul. Look in Jeremiah 31, verse 3. It says there, in verse 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things. Sorry, 
uh, Revelation 31, verse 3. I really need to change my prescription. <laughs> I can't read this book with these glasses. Or bifocal, I think you call them, right? Yeah, bifocal. The Lord hath appeared of, of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. And that's a reminder that the Lord God changeth not. That's why we read in Malachi 3.6, it says, I, the Lord, changeth not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. So good to know that he's the lover of my soul. Um, a couple other things I wanted to look at just briefly. He's the, the, the living word. In uh, John chapter 1, it says there in verse 14, Verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And uh, Matthew says much the same thing in his gospel. Uh, he speaks about Emmanuel, God with us. So he's the living Word. The living Word says in Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 22, just after Matthew records the message from the angel sent from the very throne of God's grace, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. He is the living word, beloved. We have the written word, and he is the living word, the, the word incarnate. And he's the life. Now, we, we know that verse very well, do we not, from John 14, verse 6, where he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh to the, unto the Father but by and through me. So in John 14, we see there that he is the, the life. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, but by the blood and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through the, the cleansing fount of his blood and only through us being made the righteousness of God in Him that we are brought by Him into heaven itself. And heaven for us is to be in His very presence. He's the living Word. And notice we're just, we're just staying on the letter L. I, it's just amazing how glorious and how wonderful the Lord Jesus Christ is. No man can be described like this. <laughs> you can't go through the alphabet and describe any other man like this man except... He be indeed the Christ. I mean, it's just so glorious. Um, so he's the living word. He's the life. And uh, indeed, um, he says something quite remarkable about life, doesn't he? And it's really central uh, to, the, to the gospel and understanding it. Uh, in Luke chapter 14, Luke's gospel chapter 14 
I want to point you to the latter part of what our Lord teaches us here. Luke 14, verse 23, uh, 26, excuse me. Yeah, it's in the latter part here. Uh, the Lord begins speaking here in verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, the idea that the Lord is setting forth is it's all about the, the righteousness that he established on the earth on behalf of his people. I hate my dad's creature righteousness. I would never want my dad to be found in his filthy rags. I hate the, the creature righteousness of my mom. I would not want my mom to be found in filthy rags on that day. And I can say that about everyone I love and care about. And then he adds something remarkable at the end, doesn't he? He says, and hate their own life too. You can't be my disciple. And I believe it's clear in God's word what that looks like. The Lord has recorded for us the testimony of such a man who hates his life and loves the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that man is the Apostle Paul. He writes in uh, Philippians chapter 3. I mean, this is... Uh, this might be a bit more than milk, Gary. This might be meat, you know, but it's true. <laughs> That's why we run to him and we sing with our brother, Top Lady. Uh, Let me hide myself in thee. I want to be found in your life. <laughs> I don't want to be found in my sorry life. And in Philippians, uh, the Apostle Paul, we hear a man hating his life and loving the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Philippians chapter 3, he begins there in verse 8. He's just given a, a laundry list of things that at one point he thought through these things, well, surely I'm currying God's favor or, or, or I have gained God's favor because, you know, he goes, I was circumcised the, the eighth day. Uh and uh, of the stock of Israel, verse 5, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, is touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Now, he, he didn't say fulfilling the law. He said touching the law, right? It was just a show. And that were, it was the letter of the law. But the spirit of the law, well, the Lord, Lord showed him, didn't he? Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ's sake. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but garbage, trash, dung, just filthy rags. <laughs> that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. The, the Lord, he is uh, long-suffering, beloved. So long-suffering. He's the lover 
of my soul. He's a lover of the souls of his people. That's why he says he won't lose one. Behold the children you've given me. They're all here. They're all here. He's the living word. He's the life. And uh, I love the way he has set forth in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. And we'll conclude there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. Beloved, he is our life. He is our life. It says there in verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, and the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye are put off, ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. When those publicans got together, they'd just say, they, they wouldn't lie to one another, would they? they say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And when those Pharisees got around each other, they would lie to one another and say, well, we're not like other men. <laughs> With darkness and ignorance. I thank, I thank the Lord for, for teaching us in His mercy and grace that the Lord Jesus Christ is all our salvation, not some of it. Not some of it. That as we began and we're reflecting on First Peter chapter 1, verse 5, we're kept by the power of God through faith, through Christ, unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last day, at the last time. Amen.